0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TyRac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires. Like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive. Simply go to tirerack.com/sports. tirerack.com. way tire buying should be.
2: The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry.
1: Boom, What up America, Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day, Doug Gottlieb Show, live and direct, sunny, traffic field, Southern California. You know, um Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. John Ramos, my condolences to you. Welcome back.
2: Thank you, Doug. It's good to be back. Sometimes work is the best medicine, right? So, uh, for me, at least, it can be. Well, I'll tell
1: you why. You laugh more at work than anyone I've ever worked with.
2: <laughs> That's probably true. See,
1: right there. And laughter is, in fact, the best medicine, right? Devin, is that fair? I mean, like you've been through, you've had some some personal health difficulties
3: in yep. your life. Laughter, best medicine? Absolutely. And John brings that every day.
1: He does. He, bring, he brings joy. So my condolences to you. John lost his mo- mother of uh, 94 years old uh, earlier this week and took a couple days off. And uh, he's he's a huge part of everything we do at Fox Sports Radio. And he is one of the, like, the, the times in which I do the show... In the home studio, I I love listening to John play Stairway to Heaven. I know John's there every time Stairway to Heaven plays down the speakers. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of laughter, can we all laugh at LeBron? No, not LeBron who, I was seeing three hoops and I shot the middle one. No, he did. He made the huge shot that ended up being the game-winning shot. Can, can we first stop with the, I, I I like LeBron James. I have no personal animus towards LeBron James. But this is LeBron after the game.
4: Well, the first thing I did when KCP kicked uh, kicked it out, I looked at the shot clock. Um, uh, I saw it was uh, I had to get it up, uh, at least get up on the rim.
1: Um, Second thing I saw was three rims, Uh, you know, from being uh, poked in the eye on that previous possession when I drove to the hole and in transition. So I just aimed for the middle one. I mean, I I practice enough, I work on, you know, my game, and uh, I was able to uh, the man above and a lot of practice. So I was able to drainer him. When I was asked about, it, I told you
4: how I felt. Um, you guys asked me a few days ago um, how I felt, and I said I'm ready to go. I said later, you know, you know, where the chips lay, where they met, you know. And
1: so, you know, I showed up, and we, we showed up, and we was ready to play. Well, why won't he just say how he was wrong? Last night's game was awesome. Was it a good basketball game? Like, yeah, it was kind of ugly in the first half. You know, the Lakers look like a team that hasn't, they haven't, they have guys that haven't played a lot of basketball together. And so it was disjointed. LeBron, by anyone's estimation, wasn't great most of the night. Steph was the best player on the floor, and Steph was was the was the reason that the Warriors were in that game, were able to come back despite their turnovers. Reason they had the lead. But can we just like, speaking of laughter being the best medicine, like can we laugh off LeBron's comments about whoever invented the play in game, play in tournament should be fired, fired? They should get a raise. A raise it was awesome. It's like something legitimate on the line. It's all like look, the, the regular season, I run an AU program. Okay. And in my AU program, no one has to pay if they can't afford it. Okay. So there's reasonable things. But when as you get to the higher, higher levels, and we don't have that level of program. My dad used to, you used to have to have payers and players. What does that mean? You used to have to have guys that pay. For the guys that can play. Because some of these kids, whether they can or can't afford it, their parents just, there's always a, a coach or a program who's willing to go like, ah, you don't got to pay for something because they're they're good enough. That's basically what we have with the NBA. The regular season is to make money for, and then the postseason is for the glory to decide a champion. Why don't people care about the NBA's regular season? Because there's nothing on the line. There's nothing at stake. The old saying is, in an NBA game, you go to the locker room. After the game, you don't know who won and who lost. It's one of the irritating things for sports fans. You know, they don't care. And even though they do care, It's there's there's like some lack of outward showing that they care. Last night, those guys cared. They played hard. The Lakers were playing terrible in the first half. Apparently, uh, Markeith Morris came in and laid into them. The second half, they played with great energy defensively, led by Alex Caruso. They caused 15 second-half turnovers, and they survived and advanced. It's a little piece of the play-in games in the NCAA tournament, right? I mean, it was awesome. I just, if if LeBron wants to be viewed as a human being, hey, okay, he doesn't have to create some mythical legacy that is not ri- that. You can't create that yourself. We create it kind of for you. And if you really want to be well-liked or loved, beloved, it's not about showing love towards Steph Curry. It's not about showing respect towards the game. It's about being a human and going, you know what? I know we won, so it may sound different because we won. I might feel different if we lost and we had to play the Grizzlies in 48 hours. But let me just tell you, that was fun, right? That was that was when you grow up playing. Like this is what's changed. When when I grew up playing basketball, and it still is this way on to some level, but not always. When I grew up playing basketball, you play pickup ball, and to the the goal of a Saturday was to run the court, which means to never to decide when you were tired. Then you would quit, not when you'd lose, because if you lose, you'd have to sit, and sometimes you'd have to sit for an hour or two hours on end, right? You want to stay on? Find a way to win. And that's what the Lakers did. And that was a, a mess of a broken play. The Lakers got the benefit of an atrocious moving screen call against Draymond Green. They survived Steph Curry with the basketball several times down three points. You know? And they... They, they make a game-winning shot with a minute to go. They get it to Caldwell. Pope almost lost it. Shot clock at 7.
6: James, two defenders on him. To Caldwell. Pope inside. He's tied up by Green. Throws it back up top. James puts up the three. Oh, it's gone! LeBron James from
5: downtown as the shot clock expires. A desperation
1: heave and the Lakers are up 3. By the way, the incomparable Mike Breen did not call Bang... Right, Because it was, as he pointed out, a bit of a desperation heave. Shot clock's run down, just get something up, and it went in. So instead instead of aggrandizing this thing and going like, man, what a heroic thing, just go like, you know, I got poked in the eye, couldn't see that well, I got it up, threw it up, a little bit of luck, a lot of practice, a lot of time in NBA court, went in, then we got a couple stops, won the game. Man, that was fun. And now we get to stay on and keep playing and play the Phoenix Suns, who, by the way, they match up with way better than with Utah. I just, look, I don't need to laugh at LeBron, but why can't he laugh at himself and admit that's what we want as sports fans? Why do people care about the NFL regular season more than they care about Major League Baseball's regular season, NBA's regular season. They care about the NFL regular season schedule more than they care about the NBA and Major League Baseball regular season games. Why? Because whether it's accurate or not, because okay, it's not completely accurate that there's always something at stake, it feels that way, right? It feels like they care it feels like at any given moment you can get cut. At any given moment, your season can change. Forget about the fact that Tampa Tampa Bay was a wild card team. They expanded the wild card, but they went on the road three straight times. So the regular season matters, but doesn't really matter all that much. Like, forget about all that. Whether it does or doesn't, the perception is that the NFL, every game matters. And the NBA, eh, some games kind of matter more than others. And last night mattered. It felt like it mattered. It had. Two of the biggest, if not the biggest names in the sport. And the winner guaranteed themselves a spot in the playoffs. It was a win for the league. It was a win for sports. It was a win for basketball. And honestly, a win for both Steph and LeBron, even though Steph didn't play great down the stretch. Right? couple missed shots. Runners couldn't get one off late. Like, yeah, he challenged LeBron, but didn't really challenge LeBron in that last shot. Like, if I'm being honest, and I'm always honest with you, as great as Steph was, the last two minutes, eh, not not his best moments. B- but it was a win. A win for Steph because you're like, that's not a very good team. He got to the playoffs with this team. He almost beat the Lakers with this team. Holy cow. LeBron's given him respect. They used to hate each other. All of those things are a dub for the league, for LeBron, for Steph. And LeBron gets to be the hero, didn't play great, makes the big shot, wins the game. And just one time, all he had to say at the end when he was asked about the play-in game, goes was like, you know, I didn't like it at first, but having played it, one bad. Kind of fun. Kind of felt like it mattered.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat a slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. If you have, then you're going to love pick six. The new fantasy game Doug Gottlieb's show, Fox Sports Radio. Jeff Schultz of The Athletic uh, reported that the Falcons are interested in trading Julio Jones. Right? This is not breaking news. The GM of the Falcons has alluded to such. There's a new coach, a new GM, neither of which uh, have ties to Julio Jones. The Falcons, uh, this is a quote, the Falcons hope that, uh, Falcons hope is that enough teams have enough salary cap space to absorb Jones's 15.3 million in base salary two contending teams that believe he would put them uh, over the top or three young teams looking to take the next step among those teams that could fall into these all these categories the ravens the niners the patriots the colts and the chargers a league source said the titans also may show interest but they are close to their cap ceiling this is like a dream list right when you cover a team you put up a dream list. Basically, your info comes from the Falcons. The Colts have 20 million in cap space. Okay. The Chargers have 20 million in cap space. The Patriots have 16 million in cap space. The Niners have 17.6. The Ravens have 9.7, and the Titans have 3.5. Okay, let's cross the Ravens out, and here's why. What do they do in the offseason, boys?
3: What'd they we got do? wide receivers. How many? I think two. Name them. Uh, it's okay. Uh, no, the Colts. Uh, I mean the Chiefs. Uh, they got Sammy Watkins. Sammy right? Watkins, right? Can't remember the other. At a
1: discount price, and they drafted a wide receiver with one of their two first-round draft picks. Okay, this is the reality of sports, right? It's like one of those things. Like you're like, all right, here's dream list. Then you go like, all right, let's let's uh, spitball a couple things here. Ravens. Nope. Plus. The harsh reality of Lamar Jackson. Would would Julio be great for Lamar Jackson? Yes. Even though Julio is not what he used to be. When they went to the Super Bowl, the catch he made in the Super Bowl. Do you guys remember the catch when they're up 28-3 to to tiptoe in by the sideline? In the conversation, the greatest pure catches. Like David Tyree's catch, where he catched it, against, caught it against his helmet, was an impactful catch. But it was like It was like LeBron last night. Like, there was a substantial amount of luck to it. Julio's catch was pure athleticism, balance, skill, hands. Amazing, right? Every part of it was amazing. But he's not that guy anymore. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have a place in the NFL. He's not that guy. Ravens. But the other part about the Ravens is they don't throw it enough to spend $15 million on a wide receiver. After spending a first-round pick two of the past three years on a wide receiver. (coughs) If if Lamar Jackson can't throw a football when they're trailing, do you know what I don't want to hear from anybody, any Ravens fan, any Lamar Jackson fan? Well, they haven't in- invested enough in Lamar Jackson. Bro, they drafted a first-round pick wide receiver uh, tight end in the same year they drafted him, who, of course, they've since jettisoned. They have two other quality tight ends, and two of the past three years, they've drafted a wide receiver in the first round. And they signed Sammy Watkins at a relative bargain because Sammy Watkins is never healthy and he's not that good when he is. But let's cross the Ravens off the list. Uh, Cost the Chargers off the list. Right. That why, why do they need Julio Jones? If they need anything, it would be a tight end, which they signed in the off season. And they want to re-sign Mike Williams if possible. They drafted Josh Palmer and to likely replace likely replace, uh, Mike Williams. And oh yeah, by the way, if we really want to get down to it, they got to save all that cap space to re-sign Derwin James, whom they'd like to get at a discounted price because he missed last year and he missed half of the previous year, and they think he's the best defense player in football. So the, Char- the Chargers' problem is not skill or talent at wide receiver. It's They got to stay healthy and they've tried to fix their offensive line. And they're paying Joey Bosa a bunch of money. They got to pay Derwin James a bunch of money. So Chargers off the list. Okay. Then you got the Patriots. Well, the Patriots could use a big name wide receiver. They've, they've signed some wide receiving talent. They have some Hunter Henry as a tight end talent. It does make sense with the exception of the fact that why would they pay top of the market for a guy, which feels like at the end of his career, But I would say it's only a possibility because if they could get Julio Jones to rework his deal, maybe. The Niners. Now, here's where the Niners make a ton of sense. When Julio Jones went to the Super Bowl, who was his coach? Well, not Dan Quinn. Who was his offensive coordinator? Kyle Shanahan. Right. And the one thing that we know, and this is the real part about the Tebow story is guys hire guys. They, it's the same thing in my business in your business. People hire people that they know that they've worked with before. It's a lot of money. But it's a maybe, um, the Colts make a lot of sense indoors. He's only played indoors. Different system, which makes me a little cautious it doesn't seem like a Chris Ballard move, but it could be, right? Um, I don't think Wentz is Matt Ryan in terms of accuracy over arm strength, but I do think that they they could use some, you could use a guy to make, make him look good. Like Wentz could have used a Julio Jones the past couple of years. And I just, the Titans, they don't have the money for it. And they also don't throw the football enough, and they already have a go-to wide receiver. Julio's going to extend his career because if he wants to keep playing, he's going to offer up to rework his contract and take less money for a longer period of time. You know, maybe work some signing bonuses, but the base salary is going to have to come down. The, the, the problem with this thing, you know, remember the Colts have... Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman's going to be a star, absolute star. Um, you know, the, the problem with this thing is he makes a lot of money. He makes the money of the guy he used to be, not the guy he is now.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
1: Uh, no limitations to Horace Grant and his extensive NBA knowledge. He's a four time NBA champion. Horace is here, care of uh, Bet Online. Check out Bet Online for the updated odds to win the NBA title, NBA first round series lines, lines in each and every game throughout the playoffs. Horace joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How are you?
4: Good. How are you, Doug?
1: I- I'm good. Um, okay. From the outside looking in, right? I thought last night was a huge win for the league. Even the first game, which. Like, San Antonio was a no-show the first quarter, but it became a very competitive game after that. To To have to have the nightcap, having Steph against LeBron, and the winner was in the playoffs, I thought the play-in series became a win. Even though the first night were two bad games, I thought it was a win. As a guy who played and won four championships, where are you in the play-in tournament as of today?
4: Doug, no, I am such a big fan of uh, the play-in. I mean... Just think about this. If there was no play-in, we would never gotten a chance to see Steph and LeBron put on a show like that last night. And just think about the next play-in, or the eighth seed, with uh, Golden State and and, uh, Memphis. John Morant and Steph going head-to-head. I mean, I'm sitting back with a a glass of wine and a margarita, enjoying (laughs) myself. So I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah. fan.
1: Um, okay, um, how would you contextualize last night? Like, I, I felt like, again, just I felt like, boy, the Lakers, they looked like a team that hadn't played together much in the first half. It was very, very disjointed, and it was their defense. Much like last year, that's what won them the title. The defense got them back in it. But having won championships and played in these type of games, what were your thoughts on the Lakers last night?
4: Uh, as, you, as you stated earlier, the first half, um, they were just trying to find themselves out there. I mean, they were turning the ball over. Uh, they were trying to force feed uh, AD. Um, they were not making shots. But in the second half, you saw the Lakers of, of, of last year in terms of the continuity, the, the feeding of AD uh, when at the opportune time. And and they start making shots. And LeBron, I mean, that he's LeBron, even on one leg or one eye. He's gonna be LeBron. And um uh, you know, to my humble opinion, they're still the favorite definitely to come out the out the West.
1: Horace Grant's our 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 guest in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Have you ever seen anything like Steph Curry?
4: Not even when I had goggles on. I've never seen anything like him. <laughs> hey, let me tell you. I'm sitting there watching this young man do something. That I, I mean, he steps in the arena. He's ready to shoot the ball. And now another ten times, it's going to go in. That shot he made at, at uh, right before half. I mean, come on. I, I mean, no disrespect to guys in my era like Ray Allen. Reggie Miller, Mark Price, you can go on and on in great shooting, Craig Hodges. But I have never seen anyone shoot the ball like Steph Curry. So I have
1: a, I have a, I got a friend who's, I got several friends in the Lakers organization. I have one that's on the coaching staff and he was talking about their pickup point, right? Like when you pick up the basketball and you know they now they have something called the four they they call it the four point line right where you go basically like five steps beyond the three point line they're like we need to pick him up beyond the four point line cuz he will come down and sure he made one from the from the S last night in Lakers at midcourt like it is the game look the, um, the turnovers obviously undid them Right? Rebounding, getting defensive stops, making free throws, making all that stuff, the the curious foul calls, all that stuff is a lot like when you won NBA championships. But the range and the consistency of shot making and coaches allowing players to take those shots. Like I was talking with Chris Mullen, he was like, Look, I can make threes, but it just wasn't seen as a good shot. Now it's completely changed. What's that like for you to watch coaches and players yeah. embrace these type of shots?
4: I'm a big fan. I mean, I love watching guys step over half court and shoot the ball and, uh, and, and, and it goes in. Steph Curry, uh, Donjic, Luka, yep. and uh, Dane Lillard. Man, when, I, when, when, when I'm watching those three guys, I mean, I'm looking for something spectacular. And each and every game, it is spectacular. Because they do, they does, they do things spectacular like that. So I love the, the coaches that give them free reign because they are great shooters.
1: Would you, um, if I was to compare Jokic to somebody, would he be Sabonis? Like, who's, who's he like? Who does he play? Who does he remind you of?
4: Well, it was a little bit before my time. Um, a healthy Bill Walton. The way he can pass the ball, uh, his post-up game. Um, he can shoot the ball. I'm pretty. I mean, he's a better shooter than Bill Walton. But the other aspects of his game, it's like uh, a Bill Walton man. Yeah, that's Uh unbelievable talent.
1: Yeah, Bill was way more athletic in his prime and obviously had foot problems, but that's a that's a great comparison because people remember Bill Walton, the unbelievable, unbelievable passer. Um, we're a year removed from uh, the Last Dance documentary coming out. Now, now you have time to, like, process it? Mm-hmm. What's your what's your takeaway? What's your overall feeling now that that incredible journey that you were a part of, and even leaving the Bulls, but then beating the Bulls when Michael Jordan came back? What what, it, what did it feel like to watch your life for the whole world to see?
4: Well, for for the most part of it, you know, it, you know, as a player, a former player, um, it just brought back some great memories in terms of the uh, the camaraderie. The one goal that we had as a team, as a unit, uh, is to uh, was to win championship, and uh, and that camaraderie uh, was was absolutely spectacular. We had to have that camaraderie uh, to win three consec consecutively uh, championship. Uh, overall, uh, with that the uh, the documentary, um, you know, majority of the team uh his uh MJ teammate wasn't look you know, it didn't look too great uh for us. But then we 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 kinda sat back and, and said all of that was from his perspective. Yeah. W- we knew what happened and didn't happen as a unit. But we had I mean that was his perspective. I mean if we ever wrote one, it would be from our perspective. I mean in the beginning, you know, he had some, some very angry Former teammates, but looking back, sitting back, and and you know digesting uh, what we saw, now we understand.
1: Uh, can I give you, Can I give you my thoughts? And again, I was just a kid, and of course, only played college basketball, never played in the NBA. My what one thing I thought was was lost. There's a lot of things that were lost, but again, just from a basketball side, the first championship run, right when you guys beat the Lakers. And part of it was pointed out that Michael had to learn to pass, right? They had to. He had to learn to trust people, and he averaged 11 assists against the Lakers. I thought that was big. That that was the transformation when Phil and and when Tex took over took over the team, right? That he would you put guys in position where he knew where they were, and he had to learn to pass late in the game, where where the Pistons didn't think he was going to pass and would make him pay for it. But the second part was your first championship team was the best and most athletic defensive team I've seen ever in the NBA, right? Like, the Pistons were good, but you guys, I mean, your level of athleticism at that point in time. Uh, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan, in that part of your career, I just remember you guys taking everyone out of everything they want to do. Is that what you remember about those early championship teams?
4: Oh, absolutely, Doug. I mean, in terms of, we had that trust in each other. MJ and, 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 and Scotty knew if they went for a steal and they didn't get that steal, I had their back. And I I had the same confidence in Bill Cartwright. If I um uh, if my opponent, my guy, got past me, I knew Bill Cartwright had my back. And that's that camaraderie that we developed over the years. And we had to have we had to have that to uh to overcome um uh the Detroit Pistons. And when it comes to defense, I mean, of course, you know, uh three-pointers and dunks and that the offense win games. But defense does does win championships.
1: Yep. No, I'm 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 with you. All right, uh, give me give me some picks. Uh we got uh we got the Wizards and Mr. Triple Double russell Westbrook but it it feels like it feels like brad Beale's just not healthy might not be not might might not be healthy enough to win the game who do you like who do you like tonight in the play in, in the playing game
4: um uh, wow man i i want to say the wizards but uh with the um not healthy i think uh bradley Beal. and i i don't know um Westbrook left the game with six minutes um, the other night, six minutes to go. So uh, I don't see them uh, winning that that particular game. Uh,
1: so you mentioned the Lakers are the, are your, you still think they're the favorites. Do you think they come out of the West?
4: Until you beat the champions, they're going to be the favorite. Um, I think proven point uh, watching the game uh, last night with uh, Golden State and the Lakers. Um, that first half, man, the Lakers look you know, pretty old, beat up, uh, no, uh, no chemistry. But that second half, I don't know what clicked in that locker room, but they came out looking like the Lakers who have just won the championship last year. In terms of defense, uh, making shots, and of course LeBron is going to be LeBron uh, making plays for himself uh, and the team.
1: You mentioned the defense wins championships. Then you got the Nets. I mean, they just have so many dudes. That, I mean, they got three unbelievable offensive players. And then you got Joe Harris, who shot 47% from three. Um, but they're a very offensive-minded team. Then you got the Sixers. You got the Bucks. Much more defensive-minded teams. Who do you like coming out of the East?
4: Man, I mean, how can you uh, pick against Brooklyn with all that firepower? I think uh, the Brooklyn will come out, but it's going to be very difficult um, because of the team that you mentioned uh, Philadelphia 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks, even the Miami Heat. Those teams right there is going to give Brooklyn all um, the trouble uh, they can uh, because Brooklyn is not, um, of course, a defensive minded team. But I still say uh, they're, they're decent enough on the defensive uh, uh, end to uh, to make it out to East.
1: Awesome stuff, Horace. Uh, honor and a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks to the folks at BetOnline.com for letting us have you on. Look forward to talking to you hopefully more as the playoffs roll on. And thanks so much for sharing some time with us.
4: Uh, you're very welcome. Appreciate it. All
1: right, that's, uh, that's Horace Grant, who is, I mean, he's a great player. He's a great player. And, you know, some players I don't think translate to this era. He would be a center in this era. I mean, he, he was so crazy athletic. Like he was a true traditional power forward. Obviously, he'd have to just kind of stretch his range. He wasn't necessarily a rim protector, but his, his athleticism when they won championships was, was amazing. It was amazing.
5: Amazing. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug
6: Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask?
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tyrat.com/sports. Tyrat.com. The way tire buying should be. Hustler Turf has the most complete lineup in residential and commercial zero-turn lawnmowers in the industry. And with over 1,000 dealers across the nation, there's a Hustler Turf dealer near you. Visit HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. Let's get to a game. Game
3: time!
5: This is game time.
3: It's game
7: time.
5: On the Doug Gottlieb Show. The great
1: Deb Carson has a game for us. What game, Deb?
7: I do. John Ramos. What are we playing today? Guess who?
1: Guess Deb who? Carson. Guess who? John Ramos. <laughs> I nailed it, right? Do I get a
7: point there? Or... Okay, go ahead. Yes, What's you do. <laughs> All right, Doug. guess who is the favorite to win the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year award? Come back player of the Year, Comeback
1: Player of the Year. Um, Derwin James. Nope. I, I, I'm trying to think who got hurt last year. Got hurt. What quarterback got hurt?
7: Who didn't get hurt last year?
1: Des Bryant. Nope. Close. Oh. Hey. Oh, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott.
7: <laughs> That's right. Prescott, who suffered, of course, the gruesome season-ending ankle fracture in week five of the 2020 season. He has plus 175 odds to win the award. The uh, next three candidates all at plus 600. Those would be Giants running back. Saquon Barkley. Barkley. Exactly. Bengals quarterback, Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Mm-hmm. And Panthers running back.
1: I just, I, who cares? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I just didn't even think. Derwin Jay, I mean, it's funny. Like, when you play defense... People don't understand. Like, Derwin James is so good. But go ahead.
7: Yeah. No, absolutely. Guess who isn't planning to retire even when Tom Brady retires?
1: Rob Gronkowski. Nope. Oh, man. Aaron Rodgers. Nope. Um, I'm planning to Oh, Bruce Arians. Yeah. <laughs>
7: That's right. He said on a podcast this week, "I don't have any plans to retire." He says he's excited still every single day to go into work, and he won't retire till he loses that excitement. Saying, "Quote: When I'm not excited about going back to work, then I'm cheating somebody. I'm cheating the Glazer family. I'm oh, cheating yeah. the players. Oh yeah, right now I can't how excited wait. are
1: you when Kyle Trask is your quarterback? <laughs> mm,
7: not that excited. Check please. Then he might retire. Yes. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, there we go. And uh, guess who, Doug? Who's 85 jersey officially went on sale this morning.
1: Oh, Tim Tebow. Yeah.
7: That's right. According to Ian Rappaport, uh, that jersey number is likely going to change if and when the Jags trade or release quarterback Gardner Minshew, who currently has the number 15 jersey.
1: Why would they get rid of Gardner Minshew? (laughs) No, I'm serious. Why would you get rid of Gardner Minshew? Well, he's a good backup.
7: Well, exactly. And and that also presumes that Tebow... Actually makes the team too. Yeah,
1: so. I, it's not a lot. I, I, we operate like he's definitely going to make the team. I don't. I don't think that. I, I don't think that's the case. But go ahead.
7: All right. Guess who threw a no hitter of his own in 2014? But doesn't think it's good for baseball that they're There's so six, common. Six, this year? six, no hitters already. It's crazy, right?
1: Crazy. Uh, 2014. God. I don't, can I get a hint? Give me a team.
7: Uh, you're right here in his town. Ah, Odd.
1: Um... 2014. Kevin Brown ever throw? (laughs) Everybody hates Kevin Brown anyway. So if he says. Yeah. uh, 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 Dodgers.
7: Multiple times Cy Young Award winner. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. He's Why just- are
1: because too many strikeouts and strikeouts are fascist? What, what is it? No,
7: no, no. He said no hitters are cool, and I have all the respect in the world for Corey Kluber and all those guys that have thrown no hitters. But to have one happen every night, it's probably not good for the game.
1: Yeah, I can't eat steak every night either, but
7: but I do steak it. Steak is
1: good, yeah, it's good.
7: <laughs> and that is Guess Who. <laughs> That's game huh? this
5: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb show
7: Deb Carson I
1: know Deb Carson I, I didn't get I never got it right never got it right never got it right Horace Grant what a what a what an incredible rebounder athlete competitor he was and kind of lost in that documentary was if you remember he signed a big contract they made him have to be a bad guy to leave and then Orlando beat the Bulls, remember when Jordan returned in the playoffs? You know? So, interesting. But basically, I mean, he he didn't basically he said that was Michael Jordan's perspective. That's the whole thing was paid around Michael Jordan's perspective. Huh? All right, coming up next. I you know, there's discussion about Steph Curry after last night's game. Steph was magnificent down the stretch. Obviously, couldn't get a clean look. And they lose to the Lakers. Now they have to win tomorrow night in order to get in. And he's facing an incredible challenge in John Morant at the point guard position. But I have news for anyone who thinks Steph is going somewhere. That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com.